In the name of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Well, hello. Thank you. <laughs> I can't tell you how pleased I am to be with you uh, today and to walk along with you guys as you search for your new rector. As you probably know, my first day here was this past Monday. And I really thank everybody for being so welcoming this week and taking care of me and showing me around. And I believe that the first week went pretty well, although I did manage to set off the alarm here in the church. And it was amazing how fast people can move from their offices upstairs to down here and they catch me in the act. But anyway, hopefully we'll get past some of this stuff. In this short time, though, I see clearly that the people here, all of y'all, really love your church and that you really love Jesus Christ and that you work in gratitude for his undying love. Besides being your priest and pastor, I hope to be a bridge in this in-between time as you grieve the departure of Father A.J. I'm here to listen and I'm here to learn from you all. And grieving is expected when someone we love leaves us. As Christians, we do grieve. But also as Christians, we grieve with hope. We grieve with hope in a new beginning. Each one of us is called to continue the work of God's church, proclaiming in our lives the good news of God in Christ in the example given to us in Jesus. Over the past couple of Sundays, Mark's gospel has told us about Jesus's beginning of his ministry by proclaiming the good news of God and calling four fishermen to be his disciples. We're told of Jesus speaking with authority at the synagogue and healing a man with an unclean spirit, causing Jesus to become somewhat famous throughout the region of Galilee. And today, we hear of Jesus and his four disciples leaving the synagogue and going to the house of Simon and Andrew where Simon's mother-in-law was ill. So once again, Jesus performs an act of healing. Later that same day, people who were sick or possessed with demons were brought to Jesus to be cured while the whole city gathered at the door, presumably to see if all that they had heard about Jesus was true. And once more, once more, Jesus demonstrated his authority by not allowing the demons to speak. And it must have been a very long day for Jesus. He had spoken at the synagogue and healed a man there. And then he went to the house where he cured Simon's sick mother-in-law. And then to find himself surrounded by all the citizens of the town while he cured still others into the night. Early the next morning, the gospel tells us that Jesus went off to a deserted place to pray, to spend time with God, who had empowered Jesus with his authority and strengthened Jesus for his work of ministry and preaching. Apparently, people were once again coming to Simon's house for Jesus to heal them, and so the disciples went to find Jesus to tell him that everyone was searching for him. Rather than going back to address the needs of the crowd at Simon's house, 
Jesus tells his followers that they will go together to the neighboring towns to proclaim God's good news in those towns also. Jesus says that that is what he had come out to do. What stands out to me in this gospel at this particular time is the perfect balance that Jesus maintains between prayer and action. Another way to put it would be that Jesus modeled a proper balance between his time with God and his time doing the work of God's church. Now, Jesus surely understood the great needs of the people who were looking for him. Those needs were real. But Jesus also understood the great necessity to engage his work only after having had time to refresh his body with rest and to refresh his spirit by placing himself in the presence of God through prayer. In this way, Jesus was able to arrange the priorities of his life to match God's priorities for his life. And I believe that the same is true for us. I confess that too many times I react to circumstances around me without the benefit of having spent time in prayer with God to help me, to help me to place things in the appropriate order of priorities. I also confess that my struggle with maintaining a balanced life of prayer and action. But that doesn't give me an excuse to neglect to persevere in prayer as I've promised to do as a baptized member of God's church. I do work on this, always striving to, to be my best for my family and my best for my ministry with the help and guidance of God the Father. You know, I wonder sometimes how many others struggle with maintaining a proper balance between time with God and time engaging in the world around us. Perhaps you struggle in this way. And I wonder if we can possibly be our best in our mortal lives if we've not given our best to our spiritual life with God. And as Jesus clearly demonstrates, both things are needed to properly do the work that God has given us to do. Prayer and action are each necessary elements for ministry. In the absence of either of these things, our work is lacking. We need to know and we need to feel the peace of God that informs our hearts and our minds to be the best women and to be the best men that we can be as servants of God. Now, a week and a half from now, the season of Lent begins. And Lent is a most appropriate time for us to reflect upon the status of our lives as followers of Jesus Christ. In Lent, we're presented with an opportunity to prepare ourselves, to celebrate the eternal life that God offers to us through Jesus' conquering of death. And for many of us, 
the appropriate preparation is for us to change, to make modifications, to move away from the idea that we're self-sufficient and to embrace the truth that we're utterly and ultimately dependent upon God. As Christians, we're called to a life in which we treat God as a participant in our lives, a participant who refreshes our spirits with peace and empowers us to do the work that God intends for us to do. In short, each and every one of us can only be our best through spending time with God. And in spending time with God, we learn how we might arrange our priorities for our lives to be in line with God's priorities for our lives. This church community is surely in a time of transition. But it's important to remember that Jesus' entire ministry was also a time of transition. And the season of Lent for us is a time of transition. A season for us to reflect upon our relationship with God and one another. It's a season that represents that great transition for the entire world from the struggles of oppression of mortal life to the loss of all hope when the one who many thought was the Messiah sent from God was tortured and put to death and then to the glorious peace of hope restored in the resurrection of our Savior and our Redeemer. And while we do live in this world where hope is often seems to be lost, through the sacrifice that Jesus endured for us and through his own transition from life to death to everlasting life, we know, we know that we are participants in the true world, the true world of miraculous resurrection the true world of miraculous expectation. That's the world that God wants for us. And God invites each one of us into this world, waiting to greet us as we approach its door, so joyous to see us enter in prayer and thanksgiving and in simply spending time with our Creator who loves us, loves us beyond anything we can possibly imagine. God has called St. Augustine's to a new beginning. A new beginning filled with things that have not yet even been imagined. You're not simply members of a church. Each one of you has been brought together at this time and in this place as individual members that all fit together to complete the body of Christ. You're at the beginning of a new journey, a new journey of great hope and great expectation because God is with you on this journey. And it's God who already knows the way. So before each step is taken, it's most appropriate that you ask God for direction, ask God for guidance, 
spend time with God. I wonder how each of you will spend your time with God in the coming season of Lent. I wonder how I'll spend time with God. I can't wait to see the beauty in God's continuing work in each of our lives and in the life of St. Augustine's Episcopal Church on Herring Road. What a truly exciting time this is going to be. I just can't wait to see where this journey is going to lead. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.